You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 654. Like we have no competitive advantage as an investor here in these types of markets, but in other markets throughout the country, I mean, there's a, a ton of really great places to invest throughout the country where people live, there's jobs, there's a good quality of life, you know, with, yeah, with going virtual, it's nice that you're just not stuck in the market that you live in, but we do get to enjoy living in Southern California, which is pretty yeah. sweet. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. What's up, Rhino Tribe? This is Lauren Hardy, and you are listening to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Today, I have Kevin Manuel with me. We are going to chat about virtual wholesaling. Kevin is new to the business this year, but he's already crushing it. He's closed four deals. He's got five more in escrow. It's bananas. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be on. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So you started out, you are a student of my coaching program and you started out, when did you first start real estate investing? Started in August, 2020. Like a lot of people here in Southern California, I tried to do it in my own backyard and didn't work out for me. So I uh, went virtual wholesaling in December. So still pretty new to this whole thing. So take me back. Why did you decide to get into real estate or real estate investing? For the last two and a half years, um, I worked for a, one of the, I'm not going to say the name of the company, but it was one of the larger real estate investment coaching and mentorship programs. One of those companies that travels around the United States and does the three-day seminars. So I was on their sales team selling their programs. So you know, I was in the real estate industry, but I wasn't investing myself. I always wanted to do it. But uh, you know, 2020 with the pandemic and everything, my company was affected pretty bad. I think we let go about 90% of our, our company there. It was 500 plus employees. So wow. I was furloughed like three times throughout the year. And that actually freed up my time to allow me to you know, begin thinking about doing this for myself. Wow, that's crazy. So you actually worked for a coaching company. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Yeah. I kept it on the down low. I didn't really want, you know, didn't really want to talk about it, but uh, you know, I never invested. I just sold it and I, I knew the lingo and I knew a lot of the strategies, but I never took action during my time working there. Right. So what made you come to Wholesaling Inc. and specifically my program? I heard you on the podcast and I just resonated with your story. I mean, anybody who wants to do this that lives in Southern California and they hear your story and if they're not motivated by that, then you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to get them motivated because I just clicked and uh, I related to to you so much. Like your path that you went down to start the business. I mean, it was like, man, that's kind of what I'm going through right now. Because yeah, I was going to open houses. I was negotiating with sellers here, and you know, there is unlivable, horrible properties that are going for half a million, and yeah. it's just it's crazy. So as soon as I heard you talk about virtual wholesaling on the podcast, I, I figured. You know, that's something that, uh, you know, I wanted to do. So, and remind me, you are from San Diego? Yeah, I live, I've lived here for five years. I'm from the Bay Area, but I've always, you know, been in California my whole life. But I live here in, yeah, Pacific Beach right now, just 
in a one bedroom apartment with my fiance, just live a really low key life. And uh, I do all my business out of my apartment here. That's awesome. So we are neighbors. I'm in Orange County. So I definitely know the San Diego market very well. Very competitive market, high priced. Um, Anytime you are in a market where the real estate values are high, let's say higher than the average median house price in the United States, you're going to hear that in the seller conversations. You are going to have a harder time convincing the seller to take a discount on their home because they usually are aware of the value of their home. And in California, sellers are very aware of the value of their home. Yeah, I felt that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I'm very open and honest about like my struggles when I was in California. And every once in a while, I'll get backlash like from like the one investor that's killing it here. There's always like one. I, in, I mean, they always say there's always an exception to the rule. Yeah. But the majority of the people that I talk to that try to make markets like SoCal, Miami, Seattle, New York, New Jersey, the high price markets, anything say above $350,000, the majority of people that try to make real estate investing work in those markets struggle. There's always an exception. There's always like, oh, well, but that one guy or that one company is killing it. And that's great. They've maybe really honed in their skill. They've maybe figured out some kind of niche. That's great. But for the most part, you don't have to work as hard in other markets. I've proven that. And you have, right? So you went to a different... So you started out in SoCal. You knew enough about investing because you sold coaching programs. So you knew enough about the business. You found my coaching program because I specialize in virtual. And then you decided to go completely out of state. And what was that like... Since you you've tried the business in California, now you're talking with sellers like in a completely different state. What's it like? Um, it's a lot easier to talk to them. I would say they're a lot nicer when you're dealing with people that have a lower uh, average home price. I mean, they're they're more like just like you said, they're more likely to take a discount. Um, there's a lot of people that are. I want to be careful with how I say this, but I would say I'm dealing with a lot of less educated people, people that don't upkeep their properties as much as other owners I'm talking to here in Southern California. So I would say there's just a lot more opportunity to talk to motivated sellers and distressed sellers. I mean, it seems like they're almost a dime a dozen where I'm at. So You nailed it. There's just more seller distress. In lower end markets and markets where the price point is lower, there's going to be more distress. Whereas you come to somewhere like Southern California, where the average price here, where I'm at in Orange County is $800,000, the sellers keep up their homes. And even if they don't, they can still put the home on the MLS and somebody will buy all cash to live in it and pay market price. Yeah. Multiple offers and a bidding war on it too. Yeah. So there's no, like we have no competitive advantage as an investor here in these types of markets, but in other markets throughout the country. I mean, there's a a ton of really great places to invest throughout the country where people live, there's jobs, there's a good quality of life. You know, with, yeah, with going virtual, it's nice that you're just not stuck in the market that you live in. But we do get to enjoy living in Southern California, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. So, okay, so you started with my program in December and you by far, I mean, you're doing very, very well. Take me back to December and you know where you are now like what did you do to get where you are now because you're killing it 
<laughs> Honestly, I did exactly what you said. And I just, you know, took action. I would say the first two weeks I got in the program, I went through your curriculum. I got everything set up. I found my boost on the ground in the market that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I probably started marketing the third week in December. I, I joined the first week in December. And then we hit the holidays, came back in January, uh, set some goals with my fiance for the year. I was like, hey, by by the end of January, I want to have my first contract. And I ended, I think I ended January with five contracts. So That's amazing. <laughs> I blew that goal out of the water though. So, but yeah, I'm doing SMS marketing and I just stay consistent with it. I probably work four hours a day, four days a week. I always go, go golfing one day a week. What a and, life. Yeah. <laughs> what a life. Yeah. Now so. your total deals of the four that have closed, you mentioned it was about $50,000. Yeah. So pretty much from, let's just say, you know, you really started going in January and it's now beginning of March. So in three months, you know, your deal flow was 50,000. Now I get you had to split that with the JV partner, but you're now getting to, you've got some deal volume. You might, you might want to consider creating your own buyers list so you don't have to split anymore. Yeah, that's my next step. So my my two next steps is doing that, creating my own buyers list and eventually breaking off and then scaling and trying to replace some of the more like grindy stuff that I'm doing right now and mm-hmm. some of the marketing just so I can focus on uh, more growth. But you know, the thing about my JV partner, I uh, I don't think I would have been able to do any of this without him. I mean, it's been he's been awesome, super helpful and mm-hmm. Just having that market knowledge and someone on the ground to handle the disposition for you, do the property visits, yeah. been invaluable. So breaking off from him, you know, it's going to be, I think it's going to create a little additional work for myself. So I definitely want to replace some of the like stuff I'm doing in my marketing as I'm breaking off from my JV partner as well. Yeah, no, that's a smart move. How did you find your awesome JV partner? Because sometimes people struggle with this. Uh, just went into Facebook, typed in my market real estate investment group posted a... Well, before I post, I actually didn't post anything. I um, went through the history and I searched keywords like joint venture. And uh-huh. I uh, just noticed a trend of people being mentioned multiple times. Uh-huh. So what I did is I, I got a list of like five people and I reached out to them um, on the Facebook Messenger asking telling them I want a JV partner if they'd like to set up a call. And I think three ended up saying yes. So I had phone interviews and I just really clicked with this guy. He seemed trustworthy and honest and loyal. And that's the thing that was the most important for me when I'm working with someone that I really didn't know in the very beginning. Right. And it was a great choice. He actually was down in San Diego a few weeks ago for a business meeting and we met up for lunch and I actually got to meet him in person. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. You know, the one thing I like, and I'm not going to tell people your market since I know we've kind of talked about that. Not everybody likes sharing what virtual market they chose. But what I love about the market you chose is it was not one of the main ones that everybody defaults to. (laughs) So the main ones are like the major metros. I would say number one would be Indianapolis. Everybody, when they think of going virtual, they go, I think I'm going to invest in Indianapolis. I don't know why. It's just super virtual trendy right now. Oklahoma City was a big one too. Louisville, that's one I hear people say. I don't know why. It's always like the same market. But people yep, do I was going indie at first. And then I noticed that trend in the program. I was like, oh, there's a lot of other students in here going there too. So... 
Yeah. And I love that you picked a market that not a lot of people think about. It's funny because it was actually one I thought about when I was going to go virtual. It was definitely on my list, but not one that everybody thinks about. In fact, I think you were the only student I'd ever heard mention it. And I was laughing because I'm like, it's funny, like nobody mentioned this, but I did think about it. So without saying too much about the market, though, let's talk about sort of its characteristics. Yeah. You know, to show that, listen, you don't have to be in Indianapolis, guys. You can, you can be in markets that are less well-known, smaller. So what was the population in that market? Yeah, so I would say that's the only downside to my market is the population. I think it's, uh, including the metro area, it's under 500,000. I think it's somewhere around 350 to 400,000. Okay. That's a little you know- smaller. It's on the smaller side, but you know, Nashville was that small when I started Nashville and then it like blew up, but you can still get pretty busy with that population. Yeah. So, um, so smaller population, like what's the average house price there? Um, it is 150,000. 150. That's my sweet spot. That's my favorite price point. So it's awesome. It's a good (laughs) price point because you do, you do get the sellers There's more seller distress. Usually a seller that owns a home, you know, in the lower end price point for like the median of the country. Usually, you know, money can be an issue at times. So when there are repairs, they tend to defer them and defer maintenance a little bit longer. And, you know, we buy fixer uppers. So we're a perfect match for that type of seller. You know, then a seller that is keeping their property up, remodeled it every, you know, was remodeling it every 10 years. I am very honest with sellers. Like, I'm not your buyer. If you just recently remodeled your home, like you should probably, here's a realtor contact. You should probably list it. (laughs) That's the best thing for you. But yeah, so it's, it's a perfect price point. The market that you chose, I think is great. And it's just like kind of a testament to like, you don't have to be in the major metros. You don't have to go to Indianapolis, guys. There's other places in the United States. I think it would be a really interesting exercise and I haven't done it, but I probably should of just like getting every county in the United States and then getting all the populations, you know, and then getting like all the average house prices and just show like how many other areas people can pick. Yeah. There was that one girl on our coaching call today. She always talks about du- DuPage and I was like, what's, oh, yeah. I'm like, DuPage, what is that? <laughs> I've never heard of that place ever, but like it's, you know, people invest there. People yeah. do deals there. It's great. That's what I literally did. I pulled up a Google map on my computer and I went into like the Midwest and the South because that's where you're going to find those home prices. Yeah. And um, I just looked at all the major cities and all the states that I might be interested in. And then I did some tricks that you teach in your course to, to figure out which ones are going to fit for me. And I actually interviewed JV partners in two different markets and I connected with this one guy. So that's how I landed uh, where I'm at now. I love it. Well, and, and it's worked out perfectly. So, yeah. so what thing, uh, about that too, as far as the characteristics that really surprised me, because I always thought as a wholesaler, before I actually got into the business, I didn't really think about wholesaling rental properties. I always thought you were wholesaling the flippers. And because I'm in Southern California, and you right. know, people don't buy rental properties here and or not as frequently at least, but uh, I would out of the nine contracts that I've gotten, eight of them have been assigned for buy and hold buyers, yeah. and only one's been for a flip. So I would say when you're looking at markets, make sure that that market makes sense for rentals and flips. And I know that's something you teach as well, but that's super important. Uh, those are my favorite markets are the rental markets to wholesale in. 
They're not my favorite to flip in though, because you're flipping a $180,000 house. Like you could have one unforeseen repair that just ate up your profit because there's just the margins are too skinny on all ends. But the rental property areas are great to wholesale in. Um, Landlord buyers pay more than a flipper buyer and you get a lot of newbies. This is like the funny thing. You get a lot of newbies that try to go virtual in these markets and they don't know what they're doing. And they offer based on like how a flipper would, like the 70% minus repair rule. And that does not apply in landlord markets. I teach that a lot. I talk about that a lot. I drill that all in your guys' heads. Like throw that rule away, everyone. The 70% minus repair rule does not work in all scenarios. It actually probably only works in about 20% of the scenarios. So I love that. I love that quick tip. I love giving practical advice in every podcast. I do feel like you really gave some good ones. So what's next for you, Kevin? I don't know. Well, I... uh... As I told you, I was a furloughed employee. I got furloughed twice in 2020 and then at the end of December. And I decided just to quit my job. So I'm completely on my own now in the business. So I'm really focusing all my time here. So what's next for me is I'm going to continue doing my marketing and doing my uh, daily routine with what I'm doing now. And um, I think I'm going going to go the VA route, get, uh, try to get a VA, train them and replace myself a little bit in my SMS marketing mm-hmm. and just take more of the appointment phone calls uh, so I could free up my time and start breaking off from you know my JV partner so I could start securing 100% profits. That's a yep. big goal. And you know what? Um, you are right. Like you, Dispositions is its own animal. And I know it was a big game changer for me when I actually hired somebody to just solely focus on dispo. So you definitely do need to get some things off your plate before you handle acquisitions and dispo at the same time. And then hopefully you get to a point where you can either, either you just focus on dispo and you hire someone for acquisitions or vice versa. Like you do acquisitions and hire somebody for dispo. Yeah, big time. But honestly, like I said, I can't stress enough with the JV partner and getting one in the beginning because the relationships they have with buyers, he's got a few hedge fund buyers as well. So getting these deals across has been super easy with him. So I know breaking off, like I said, it's going to be bittersweet, but I also think about all the money that I could be making (laughs) with uh, doing these hundred percent. So I'm excited to, you know, for that next step in my business. But you guys can still, you can always keep him. And if he brings you a deal and you end up, you know, being able to make just as much with his buyer, you can still do deals. I always left it very open with my JD partners. And to this day, they still bring buyers to us. So just, you know, it it might not be like goodbye forever. You definitely will work with each other, or maybe you'll even get where you're moving their deals because you'll build your buyers list so big. So I know I gave a bunch of tips on that, um, on how to build a monster buyers list. So Well, I'm excited for you. Um, I'm really happy that you joined the program and you found so much success. And I'm glad you took that leap of faith of getting out of your local market that's super high priced and stressful and just more work than it needs to be. So I'm proud of you. And you guys, if you're listening to this and you are looking for a coaching program on virtual, I'm the girl. Check out www.virtualinvestingmastery.com. I am the virtual coach for Wholesaling Inc., Apply there and somebody will reach back out to you. Kevin, thank you so much for coming on today and um, giving some quick tips. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where you are in six months because 
already where you are in three is crazy. So yeah, crazy. It's blown my mind too. So I <laughs> can't yeah, thank you enough, Lauren. And yeah, I appreciate everything you've done. Thank you. And thanks for listening, guys. Till next time. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.